0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Going Up Cast Weekly Feel Good Podcast for this week. We talk about the latest World of Warcraft expansion. I talk about a 90s show being resuscitated from beyond the depths of the dead. We talk about this week's national holiday and what to think about and planning that. Uh, we talk about holiday music. I go on another fantastic adventure. And, uh,. Something else I can't remember. It's very late. That's right, this is being recorded the night before. So it's very live. Yes, i played Shadowlands for like fucking six hours, and we talk about that. I went to Mount Baker for another fantastic adventure, and we talk about that. Talk about Thanksgiving and uh Thanksgiving in this turbulent time, and we talk about that. I talk about a bunch of Christmas music and just kind of like what's on my playlist. As a, as the holidays grow ever closer, we talk about the comeback of Animaniacs on Hulu. It's it's good. We talk about the new uh, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse cartoon on Disney Plus, and um, well shoot, uh, there's two other things in here that we we talk about. I can't quite remember right now, off the top of my very sleepy head. Oh um, uh, I, I I share some some fun stories about like a, like work and stuff. Um that I was that I was very excited about. Uh but before we get into this most of this was recorded a long time ago, so it's not gonna be sleepy. I'm just sleepy now. I need to go to bed. But uh before we get into this uh not sleepy, sleepy episode of the Going Upcast, if you like the Going Upcast and want to support the Going Cast, please feel free to go to patreon.com forward slash going upcast where you become a five dollar Patreon member and get access to the monthly live streams and the Pokemon Nuzlocke run brand new episode. Of the Pokemon Nuzlocke run will go up this Friday. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I, I I'm changing up some stuff and I'm recording a lot more content and cutting it way the fuck down uh, so we can kind of get through this game a little bit faster because um it's we're almost ten episodes in and uh, have only just recently gotten to that second island so we're gonna just kind of grind it out a little bit faster uh, just so we can uh move on to something else that's exclusive to Patreon. I don't know what that would be, but just, you know, know, spitballing ideas. Um, I hope you're all doing well. I'm so tired my eyes are starting to hurt. I've been playing Shadowlands since it came out at 3 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, and it's been just an absolute fucking dickload of fun. Um, but I'm still not quite sure if I like it yet, and we'll get into that in greater detail later on. Um, gosh, what else is going on? We're getting close to the end of Inheritance. Um... I'm like probably less than 200 pages away from the end of the book, which I know doesn't sound close, but believe me, it is. Um, there's only like, there's probably like 12 chapters left in the, in the whole story. Um, I'm going to hopefully finish reading that book here pretty soon. Um, and then we'll continue to upload chapters uh, deep into December. And uh, probably before the year is out, we will begin uploading chapters for the next series of books, which I've said a couple of times. But I'm not going to say it again because I kind of wanted to be a bit of a surprise because I've never been so excited about an audiobook um, coming out as I am for this one. It's some of my finest work, and uh, I'm, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But before you hear that, let's hear this episode of the podcast. Well, Disney Plus likes to make a liar out of me, and uh, when I say things like, all these streaming services drop their new stuff on Fridays. Well, Disney decided to not wait uh, till Friday uh, just to just to prove me wrong. I think it's a I think it's just an attack on on me. Anyway, uh, a bunch of new shit dropped on Disney Plus like throughout last week. Um, and when I say a bunch, I mean two things. I'm only going to talk about the first thing right now because that's all I've seen so far. And that is the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. Which, if uh, you are uh, paying attention to Disney Channel shows, you'll know that this is uh, the continuation of the of the Mickey Mouse shorts that appeared on uh, on Disney Channel as like you know they were like super short. We're talking like five minute you know little clips basically of uh, of Mickey Mouse adventures. Those are also on Disney Plus, and those ran from twenty thirteen to 2018 so it's five seasons and the episodes are super short they're really good there's a lot of great episodes in there I love the ones when he like travels around the world and they're done in different languages I think it's great um and this is the continuation of that the art style is essentially the same um and I know the art style that they're doing with these new Mickey Mouse cartoons is pretty divisive you know some people like it some people don't I heard somebody describe Goofy as a hobo um And, you know, I get it. You know, it's it's very different. Um, but I, I think the, the charm is there. Uh, I thought these two episodes, um Cheese Wranglers and House of Tomorrow, were pretty good. These are longer. Um, these are about twice the length uh, that the 2013 to 2018 Mickey Mouse show were. So that's nice. Um, I have no idea how many episodes they're making. I have no idea what their release schedule is going to be. We have two episodes right now. I assume more are on the way. This is also the the uh, first appearance of Minnie Mouse since uh the death of her longtime voice actor, um who I'm looking up right now. Uh she was performed by uh Russie Taylor for for like a very long time. Uh Russie was the voice of Minnie Mouse for something like from nineteen eighty six to twenty nineteen. Rusty was the voice of, uh, of Minnie Mouse. So basically, you know, my and a lot of people's childhoods. kind of like that sweet spot of the Disney Renaissance. Russie Taylor was was the voice of Minnie Mouse. And now uh, Minnie Mouse is voiced by Caitlin Robrock, uh, who was, uh, she did a couple of voices in Frozen 2. She is a couple of people in um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, including uh, Shizuka Joestar. Uh, what else is she in? ThunderCats roar. She's an amphibia, Doc McStuffins, couple of Di- couple of Disney things, but she's the new voice of Minnie Mouse. Um and she does an excellent job. So, there's that. Um I I really enjoyed it. I I'm a sucker for for Disney stuff and I remember thinking back when Disney Plus was first announced, I'm like if they can just upload, you know, those those old school Disney cartoons, many of which are on Disney Plus, so they did what I wanted. Um and I love the fact that they're just making new Disney cartoons, if that makes sense. Owl House is amazing. Gravity Falls was super cool. I love all that stuff. But, like, classic Disney characters, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, like, the, the the you know, the, the squad uh, in new stories. And that's why it's called The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Because it's it's supposed to have, um, like, the group. Like, all of them. Mickey, Donald, Goofy, um... Uh, Minnie and Daisy and Pluto are the are the big six, so they're supposed to be like have all of them in there. And I assume we'll see, you know, like Pete was in the first episode. Maybe we'll get uh, Clarabel the cow later on. Uh, we got Ludwig uh, Ludwig von uh, Drake in uh, an episode here, so I thought that was pretty good. And you know, it's well, I think it's well animated, definitely well voice acted. It's very funny. Their comedic uh, jokes in here are. Uh, a, a wonderful blend of things There's a lot of physical comedy There's a lot of um, subverting expectations In terms of like what the characters are going to do Sort of things um, The second episode gets a little creepy at times Which I thought was really good And the second episode also had some really In my, in my world deep cuts um, Like when Mickey starts singing Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow Which is from the fucking Carousel of Progress In Disney World um, Which was at the World's Fair In like 1965 Oh Ryan, there's a little when he starts reading Bambi you got a little snippet of the score from Bambi in there. I thought that was really good too. Um yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So if you want some some good old fashioned uh Disney cartoons, brand new Disney cartoons, you can check those out. Um and let me know what you think of the art style because some people like it, some people don't. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. a little bit of behind-the-scenes fun stuff. Um, well, fun for me. This is one of those segments that no one will ever really care about except for me and, like, me and my, my my family and my friends and the people I work with are all really supportive. Um, so I just thought I'd mention this. Um, just real broad-stroke explanation here. Uh, one of the things I... Uh, do for a a living you know you know that pays like bills and gets me food on the table and stuff like that is um i do uh continual improvement work for uh for my company and what that basically is is i'll look at like let's say a, a, a process for example of uh of like getting items in and getting items out you know i'll look at that process like a to z and i will study that process and tell people what we're currently capable of, and then through uh, various methods and uh, iterations of that process, we can uh, improve our like efficiency and remove waste and do all sorts of fun stuff. That's basically what it is. And um, the 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 book essentially of all of the the methods and the tools and the skills I need in order to do my job is called Lean Six Sigma. Uh, and that's technically two philosophies smashed together. One looks to uh, reduce variance in, a, in the end result of processes, and one looks to make a process more efficient. Uh, and that's Lean, and um, Lean is the efficiency one, and Six Sigma is the, is the variance one. Um, anyway, uh, for a while now, since 2018, um, I've been a, a green belt um, in, in Six Sigma. It's similar to karate levels. Uh, you can, you can get a white belt, but that's the equivalent of being able to explain to somebody what six Sigma actually means. And then boom, you're a white belt. A yellow belt is a, is a bit more complicated, but you can usually get a white belt air certification, uh, in like a three hour or like one day class. Um, and those levels don't really mean a whole lot to anybody. It just means you have a cursory understanding of the of the methods and the philosophy, but none of the practical ability to to implement the solutions. Being a green belt is the first level where people kind of sit up and go, okay, you know some stuff, uh, you know what you're talking about. And I was a green belt for about two years, and I did a bunch of projects and worked with a, with a bunch of teams to to improve processes and stuff like that. And I'm recently, I was undertaking um, a certification class to get my my black belt certification, which is now complete um i am now a a black belt in uh in lean six sigma which is really cool um in in terms of being like in terms of where i sit in the uh in the chain of uh six sigma there's only one level more to to uh six sigma level of understanding and that is the the master black belt level which is um as high as the certifications will go um and it's basically like Green belt, you can help with projects. Black belt, you can lead projects. Master black belt, you lead and assist with many projects simultaneously across a very wide view of um of an organization. Is kind of the uh, the way it breaks down, and this is one of the things where it's just like, you know, it <laughs> it uh it it was a goal of mine, and I'm really really happy to have it complete, and I just kind of wanted to share that, um because. You know, I, I, I worked. I've been working on this for the last couple of months, um, and it was a uh, it was a lot. And the test was bonkers, but you know, passed, and I uh, got my certification. And I just wanted to share that share that fun stuff because it's just kind of what's going on. And um, now I'm using uh, my certification to, you know, be more involved with projects and to do different things and to help with a bunch of ideas and stuff like that, and make sure we're all basically on the same page when it comes to uh to methods and stuff like that and what i'm capable of and you know just just doing doing the do it's a lot of fun um and i i very much enjoy what i do both in terms of you know my hobbies with the podcast and the audiobooks and all that stuff and what i do for work it's i i you know i i can't complain it's all good stuff it's all good things and i'm really happy about it so yeah there you go next thing in the podcast So I've made a discovery. One of my all-time favorite Christmas movies is The Muppet Christmas Carol, which I believe, um, in, in my heart of hearts, is the ultimate version of The Christmas Carol. Um, and out of all the versions I've seen, it is also the one that like honors the source material in the best way, in that many of the lines, especially Scrooge's lines, are ripped straight out of the original text. Um, and I know this because... I've read A Christmas Carol. You can listen to the audiobook at goinggamcast.com. Anyway, I was listening to that soundtrack, the Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack on Spotify, and um, you know, it's it's wonderful and old stuff and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember the song. Oh yeah, I remember the song." And then there's like a couple of songs that I've just never heard before, particularly two songs on here, "Room in Your Heart" and "Chairman of the Board." These are songs that I presume were written for the movie and then were cut from the movie. And I wanted to talk about them a little bit because I find them fascinating. So, Room in Your Heart is sung by Honeydew and Beaker. In case you can't already figure out why this song was cut from the movie. It's got Beaker solos in it. So you got like fucking me, 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 just like singing along. Then nobody wants to hear that. Plus, it's a stupid song. So the the song, the setting for this song would have been when Honeydew and Beaker uh, come to Scrooge asking for money for the poor, and then Scrooge goes, you know, um, well, or Honeydew goes like, well, some of them would rather die than go into a you know poorhouse, and then Scrooge is like, well, then they better do it and decrease the surplus population and stuff like that. Just fucking classic line. But apparently, in that scene, uh, Honeydew breaks out into song. And basically goes like... Anybody can change Scrooge and so can you. And there's room in your heart for love, love, love. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? Like... I mean... I suppose if I heard the soundtrack... Without having seen the movie and without the nostalgia... Maybe I would have had a similar reaction to like... You know, the rest of the soundtrack. But I really don't think that'd be the case. Because this song fucking blows. And it makes perfect sense that it wasn't in the movie. And I was just like, oh my god, this is terrible. And then, you know, I keep listening to the soundtrack. And you get, like, One More Sleep Till Christmas, which is one of my favorites. There's magic in the air this evening. Magic in the air. The world is at her best, you know, when people love and care. i could fucking Kermit circles around the fucking new voice for Kermit. Just pointing that out. Marley and Marley, which is classic. Um, Again, a different version exists on the soundtrack than exists in the movie And I feel like this one is more I'm not going to say creepy, but haunting It's almost to the point where I don't want to listen to the song on my own In the dark, you know Because ghosts are spooky Uh, And then there's another song called Chairman of the Board Which is sung by Sammy Eagle of All Muppets Um, And that one, I'm guessing, would have been done when uh, Scrooge is a child And his teacher is like You love business It is the American way You know um, and then he sings a song about how radical business is. Uh, and I don't know why they cut that in the movie. And the, what's the most slabbergasting bit of the whole fucking thing... Is that they chose to cut those two songs... But then they left in When Love Is Gone. Sung by Belle. Which is like a fucking eight minute snooze fest... That kills the momentum of the movie dead. So fucking fast, it's incredible. It's like watching Pirates of Pan's Ants. In the first 12 minutes of that movie... It's like a four-hour fucking, you know, opera. First 12 minutes of that are really solid. And then Linda Ronstadt sits on a log and sings sadly for way too fucking long. And I just turn it off. You just, you can't make it past that. It's so fucking snoozy. And that's what this moment of the movie does for me. So, you had two Muppet songs, which admittedly not the best, but were way better than this fucking snooze shit. And that's the crap you kept in the movie. I don't, whatever, you know. Yeah, I took some liberties with the source material, I can promise you that there were no fucking songs in the original book, but... You know, maybe that's just, maybe just me, I'm just bitter, I am a fucking... But yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit, because I thought that was interesting. And while we're chatting about the soundtrack and this movie, which you absolutely must see, if you haven't seen it before, it is the best Christmas Carol, I will fight anyone. Um, During uh, It Feels Like Christmas, the song sung by Ghost of Christmas Present, which is probably... The pro, like, there's a lot of great songs in this one, but that's a really good one. Right when he sings the chorus for the first time, about 40 seconds into the song, you can hear, clear as day, a cat meowing. The the ghost will basically go like, <clears throat> it is meow, the season of the heart, a special... Like, it's it's that it's that quick. And you can see the cat meow in the movie itself. It's, it's a, like the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. There's just a bunch of cats. And one of them will look right at the camera and go... Meow, and it's, it makes me laugh so fucking hard every time. I fucking love it. It's the best. It is. Meow, the season of the... Oh, God. Yeah, it's just... You know, I've been listening to a lot of Christmas songs. um Especially when I've been, like, rapping on my presents. I think I spoke about this a little bit. Um, but I've got, a, a, a like, a Christmas playlist... And uh, while we're talking about music, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the, the standards. You know, you go way back to, like, the Crooners and stuff like that. Dean Martin, um, Andy Williams, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett. Um, I, I like Michael Buble's stuff, even though he's basically doing what they did just now. Um, and that's totally fine. Uh, fucking snoozy-ass Perry Como, uh, which, you know, is fine. But some of these songs have are really kind of started to to grind on me in a bad way. Never thought I would get to this point, but it turns out that I think I might be reaching my limit on on some of these fucking songs. Um, which one? Which ones do am I having? Uh, oh, I know what it was. Um, it, it bothered me so much. I actually removed it from my fucking playlist, and it's that fucking John Lennon. Uh, Yoko Ono. so this is Christmas, and what have you done? I'm like, fucking, don't you fucking sit there and make me feel bad about being happy for the holidays. And then, God fucking hate Yoko Ono. And then she's like, it's, let's hope it's a good one for having good cheer. Like, oh my god. it It's really telling... Like the fucking the Beatles, right? You got so this is Christmas and it's really fucking depressing and it makes you feel like shit because they're like, and everyone's dying and you don't care, cause it's fucking Christmas. And I'm like, fuck you, John Lennon, don't you judge me. Um, imagine there's no heaven. Anyway, I'm just fucking salty about that. But then you got on the flip side and you got fucking Paul McCartney being like, it's a wonderful Christmas time with my bloopy bloop songs and. My my inability to get a children's choir to sing that bit where I'm like... And the children's choir has been practicing all year. I'll just do that part. That's... I, I got it. You know? Ding dong, ding! Oh my god, it's just... I like that song, though. Wonderful Christmas Time is pretty good. Um, I think I'm like looking through this this list while I'm talking about Christmas songs. Some of my all-time favorite Christmas songs come from the August cast, naturally. I've been watching them for over a decade now and um you know they had some really classic christmas songs that they would release for their charity streams uh in fact they're coming out with a new one this year um which i'm very excited the jingle jam 2020 starts you know december 1st I can't wait um but like carrot for a cock which is all about putting the the carrot on the snowman in the wrong place it's fucking hilarious brand new friend at christmas time is pretty good um does santa claus visit the zombie pigmen in the nether um is okay but it's on the list because it's you know it's one of the, the few that are on Spotify. Um, Fairy Tale at Sipsco is is one of my favorites, uh, which is spoofed off of Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues, which is one of like the the most popular Christmas songs to come out in the the like the 20th century. Um, you know on various like top Christmas song charts and stuff like that. The song always always lists, and it's a really good song. Like it kinda for me at least came out of nowhere when I heard it for the first time and I'm like, this is just really creative. And I also admired the, the, the fact that the band felt comfortable enough to have their lead singer just be absolutely fucking plastered when they sang this song. I don't know if that's true, but it might as well be. Cause the fucking guy goes, co- it's Christmas Eve. Boy. Oh, the drunkard. I swear to god It's a great song But you turn that shit on And you tell me You look me in the eye And tell me whoever that guy is Wasn't just shit faced During recording that song It's incredible Uh Let's see. I'm like looking at my place. What other, what other great fucking Christmas songs are there? Um, one of my favorite Christmas songs. These are all like way up there. But um, Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, did a version of Santa Claus Coming to Town. Um, he's actually recorded it a couple of times uh, where he'll sing it live. Um, and I love that rendition of Santa Claus Coming to Town, especially because in the version I listened to, which was uh, live at CW Post College um, on uh, Christmas Hits, I guess. I don't know. Greenville New York it, I don't know if I'm telling you a day um, I like that version because uh, you can hear Springsteen like laughing uh, throughout the song and I think that's really fun it just makes it lighthearted and you can't help but smile while listening to it. Um, I'm a big fan of that one and uh, there was another one I wanted to talk about besides Springsteen oh this one's um this exact version I'm about to describe to you is only possible to find on YouTube I don't think it exists on Spotify but I want to say in I don't know when when it was recorded a long time ago uh Bing Crosby classic Bing Crosby blah, 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 Bing Crosby um did a TV special the holiday TV special you know like Stephen Colbert's Christmas which came out two thousand and eight and is fucking hilarious and you should watch that um, and he did a TV special and in that TV special, uh David Bowie shows up and the two of them sing little drummer boy and peace on earth but the but the conversation they have leading up to that song, is just as much a part of that song for me as the song itself because I don't know how we got it, but that's the version I listened to growing up and you would get that, that conversation where David Bowie would be like uh, you're not the, the pool of relation from America, are you? And Bing would be like well, word travels fast and then, you know they'd have their nifty back and forth and um, you're the one that sings, right? Well, right or wrong, I sing either way and just some fucking classy sass and it's they have a really good harmony, and Bing is Bing's got a great voice, and you know I grew up on uh, fucking Road to Morocco, Bing Crosby, Bob Hope movies, those those old school fucking class act comedians, just you know, and it, it, it all wraps together in my my head. You got Sinatra and Dean and Sammy and Nat, and all those classic voices singing the Christmas songs, and then you've got the 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 classic actors you know you got bing who was like the best of both worlds he could act he could sing he was he's just really good do you hear what i hear when you when you can tell bing gets excited about like and a voice as big as the sea you know get fucking belted from the diaphragm just that beautiful smooth voice of his it's like fucking butter and then you got um fucking here comes santa claus by uh Elvis Presley, where it sounds like he's gonna sneeze with every other word. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus in the Lane. I've been listening to a lot of Elvis lately. I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, every now and then I'll be like, are, is this band really worth the hype that surrounds it? Or are they, are they really, you know, I listen to like every Beatles song and you know, there's a lot of really good Beatles songs in there but then you get shit like Wild Honey Pie which is like a 23 second song where they just smash a bunch of instruments together and then scream Wild Honey Pie at the end of it and that's the whole fucking song and you go I'm not sure everything they came out with was super awesome but some of it's pretty good and um you know, Elvis I, I could probably name like 4 or 5 Elvis songs on, off of like the top of my head um, my all time favorite Elvis song I think right now is um, Suspicious Minds we're caught in a trap I can't walk down because I love you too much, baby. Hey. why can't you see? Anyway, um, I'm going on a massive tangent now. But yeah, Christmas music is Christmas music is good as long as it doesn't drive you insane. Um. Yes. I think that's all I have to say on the on the subject. Uh, at least right now. I don't know. I might come up with a stuff later. Yeah. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Yo. Dang. Lean in real close. Because this is awesome. And I kind of forgot about this. Until I was looking for new stuff to watch. And then it fucking popped up. And I went, oh yeah, this is a thing. And it's out now. And you can watch it. And that's new goddamn episodes of fucking Animaniacs on Hulu. Guys, they they nailed it. They did it. It's it's great. It's it's exactly what I wanted it to be. It's New Animaniacs, and you can tell they've got the like the backing and the fucking they they put in the effort to make it good, and it shows. And I'm a really big fan of it. I don't even want to talk about specifics, really, because the adventure of watching New Animaniacs is kind of the whole point. I'm just gonna talk about what the fuck Animaniacs was, in case you didn't know. Animaniacs was a show in the 90s uh, spearheaded by Steven Spielberg, of all people. Because, um, you know, it's just... What you do, right? You make Jurassic Park and all these great fucking movies, and then he whips around and he goes, I'm gonna make an animated... Well, I'd say kid show, but... <laughs> it's kind of one of the best parts about it. Uh, is that uh, this fucking... It's for kids and adults and all that in between. And uh, as a as an well, I was gonna say aspiring voice actor. I'm not so sure anymore. As somebody who has a, a strong affinity with vocal performances, uh, with a with a long history of radio and making shit for the internet, uh, there are some of the the best voice acting performances and performers on the show, as in, in any show. You got the classic Rob Paulson, Jess Harnell. Tress McNeil Maurice LaMarche Frank Welker Nancy Cartwright fucking Jim Cummings Jeff Bennett and a bunch of fucking others We're all over this show it had 99 episodes in its original run I think we are getting two more seasons with Hulu um which is fantastic uh the first season only has 13 episodes so you know be aware of that but um god I think for me, I'm just going to share this one fun fact because it's the only one I have like off the top of my head. One of my favorite things about Animaniacs originally was the music. And the music in Animaniacs is always really good and is pretty on point with what happens in the episode. You might watch like a lot of really good shows like Avatar The Last Airbender and then like a fight breaks out, right? Oh god, I forgot to silence my mic. A fight will break out and the music will go like every time a fight breaks out. It's the Avatar fight song, right? It has, they've got like six or seven original tracks that they'll play in the exact same type of scenario in every episode. You'll just hear that. You'll hear that song a lot. You don't get that with Animaniacs because Spielberg went the extra fucking mile and had each episode individually scored by a symphony orchestra it cost about a million dollars more per episode in order for him to do that but every fucking episode of the original Animaniacs all five seasons have an individual unique score to their episodes which gives it just a whole other level of holy shit I have no idea what the logistics were of that I just know this is a fact And you can, I I noticed it like 20 episodes in and I'm like, how does the music always fucking sync up with what the fuck is happening? Um, and, and that's, and that's how, so, uh, oh, here we go. Here's what Wikipedia says. Um, Animaniacs utilized a heavy music score for the animated program with every episode featuring at least one original score. The idea for an original musical score in every episode came from Spielberg. Uh, used a 35-piece orchestra and seven composers were contracted to write original underscore for the series run. That's That makes perfect sense because one composer could not could not do that. They would have exploded. Um, in any case you're wondering, those seven composers were Richard Stone, Steve Bernstein, Julia Bernstein, Carl Johnson, J. Eric Schmidt, Gordon Goodwin, and Tim Kelly. Fucking super cool. Super, super cool. But yes, the new Animaniacs is wonderful and I highly recommend it. I'm probably going to talk more about it a little later on um possibly maybe i don't know i don't want to set myself goals but it's really fucking good and you guys are fucking watching next thing on the podcast it is time to regale you all with yet another tale of my bumbling adventures through the through the wilds of uh of washington at some point, I'll catch up on like Instagram, uploading like pictures and stuff. I'm working on a couple of movies and videos that I filmed with a couple of these adventures. So hopefully those will come out before the year's over. Fuck if I know. Anyway, um, decided to go up into Northern Cascades again. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, I just ate lunch. Um, that's where I tend to go. And we decided to go over to Baker Lake. Which is to the southeast side of Mount Baker, in the hopes of being able to actually see the mountain. Unlike last time when we went up to Baker, and uh, couldn't see shit. So uh, Baker Lake, admittedly not the prettiest lake I've been to, um, at least not the the area I was able to see. Most of the roads were closed to due to snow, and uh, it was a it was it was a pleasant enough drive, and we could see Baker. The weather was a little overcast. Uh, and in an effort to actually get a good angle at the mountain itself we decided to go along the, the eastern side of the lake and attempt to climb um, in order to get like above the tree line perhaps or at least to a point where there was a, a clearing so we could actually get a good vista of the valley and we were ascending for a while like 30 minutes before the snow hit and I have a like you know I have a Subaru all we all drive uh, with really good ground clearance so so far it was going going good and then the snow uh between like the tire tracks started to like scrape the underside of my car and I was getting a little little skittish and um I basically was like on huh? I basically called it quits at some point and um wanted to turn around but this was a this was like a one way uh or one lane rather dirt road with a bunch of snow on it so it took a while to find a spot where we could turn around, theoretically. And when we eventually found a spot... Um, outside of, like, a bridge... We uh, got stuck in the snowbank... As I, like, tried to... You know, turn around... And the snow was too deep on either side... And, um... The wheel started to spin... And we dug ourselves in... And couldn't move in any direction. So, what we had to do was... We found some... Like, just random planks of wood... Like, off on the side from, like, old construction or something like that. And we used those planks of wood as shovels and dug our asses out of the snowbank. Uh, it was me and my dad. And we, it took us a while. Um, I think we were stuck for probably 30 to 40 minutes. Um, and at one point, like, we were blocking the road. No one could come down and no one could go up. But fortunately, we didn't see anybody else on this road until towards the end when, like, a big truck with snowmobiles on the back showed up. And they wanted to go up and past us, um, but they had to like go around me because my car was stuck. And um, at one point, they are like they fishtailed a little bit, and the back end of their truck came within like a foot of smashing into my car. And I also worried that they were going to tip over and fall onto my car, like it was a tall truck. Neither of those things happened, fortunately, and they were able to sneak by and get onto the bridge and continue along their merry way. And we were able to eventually dig enough of the snow out that I was able to get the car to move, but we couldn't turn around. So what we ended up doing was, um, my dad uh, was walking down the hill behind me, shouting directions, while I reversed back down the mountain to below the snow line, where we could find some some traction, so where I could do a thousand point turn on like just a spot of the road, and we could continue going down the mountain face first. Um, this whole thing took like an hour, and, uh, it was, it was quite an adventure and I like, I have snow chains and we even like busted them out, but we couldn't put the snow chains on while the car was like embedded in snow. Like we couldn't get the angle right. Cause there was too much snow. Chris, so we had to figure out other ways of getting out. Um, had I known it was going to be that treacherous, I would have put the snow chains on before we hit the snow line, but it was, uh, sadly not to be. And um, it highlighted the need for me to have some form of collapsible shovel in my car. So if it ever happens again, I can at least dig my way out. Um, so I've, I've listed that as like a, a gift idea for people to give me for the holidays. Because um, I don't intend on doing another um, snow mountain adventure anytime soon. I might do like a, a lake adventure um, on, on the peninsula. Head back out to uh, Crystal Lake on the peninsula i really want to go kayaking out there and i'd love to do that before the year was over um so i might i might do that but that will be well below the snow line so that shouldn't be a problem uh, he said i don't fucking know who who can say maybe i'll go all the way out and go out to forks or something um for like a, a weekend or so i don't know i'm just spitballing ideas but yeah the trip was uh the trip was pretty good it was a uh, decent temperature it was like 33 degrees up in the mountains. Um, and it was, uh, it wasn't too bad. We listened to like Christmas music the whole way and just had a, had a grand old time ch- shooting the shit and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a lot of fun I wanted to share that story with you all. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. A little PSA here in the middle. I know that this week it is Thanksgiving Um, and everybody wants to spend time with their families and all that stuff. And I can't tell you what to do and what not to do. And I mean, my family, um, all work from home. Um, so we are, we're risking the the holidays, which is bad and we shouldn't. Um, but we're all hoping that we're going to be, we're going to be okay. Kind of like social distance as much as possible. But, uh, we, we consider um, each other to be within like our safety circle like, we've been around each other so much fairly recently, too, um, that the odds are if anyone getting COVID, you know, we'll check. And we'll do temperature checks for ourselves, like, before we head out. Um, and, and, and if nobody has any symptoms, it should be fine. I just want everybody to be careful this fucking week because the last thing anybody wants is to be the reason that, like, your whole family gets sick. Especially if you're all coming together for Thanksgiving or um, later this year for Christmas. You know, just, just be safe and be smart. And wash your hands and stuff like that. It's still very much a problem. It's actually more of a problem now than it was back in, like, March when the shutdown originally happened. So, you know, do all the all stuff you're supposed to do. And I hope everybody has a, a wonderful, safe Thanksgiving. Um, and in my, in my family, the day after Thanksgiving would traditionally be the day of putting up the Christmas tree. Um, which is always a ton of fun. Um, and I, I might help them with that. Uh, my folks, at least, with that this year will... Have to wait and see if they if they want me to help or if they just want to do it themselves. I mean, I put up all of my Christmas decorations by myself, so yeah. Oh, also while we're talking about Christmas trees, I finally broke out uh my second teapot, which is not something I've ever used before, um, because it is strictly holiday themed. It is in the shape of a Christmas tree. Um, it's massive. It's a Disney Christmas tree teapot. Um, that I don't think they sell anymore. On on the bottom it says something. What does it say on the bottom? It says. Happy holidays. Holidays are a swell time of year to remember all of our favorite memories and traditions. Spending time with your family and friends fills your home with the warmth and magic of the season. Let the Disney Parks Holiday for Your Home collection be part of your family traditions for many years to come. Authentic original Disney Parks merchandise. Made in China. Do not put in the dishwasher or microwave. That makes sense. It's got like Minnie and Mickey on it and like the birds from Cinderella and other woodland critters on it and it's got like pine cones and holly and it's very cool it's got a star on top. I love this teapot. It's a little bigger than my my normal teapot. Um, and it pours strangely. You really just kind of have to go for it with this teapot. You can't like gently pour because it'll like dribble all down the side. You just gotta fucking pour. You gotta pour like you mean it. And then it'll be fine. It'll get like laminar flow and just pour out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's fine. So yeah, be safe, be smart. Don't do anything reckless for the love of God. It's just a day. the The goal is to celebrate next year's Thanksgiving. That's that's that should be the goal. Don't celebrate this one if at any point you risk this being the last one. So just keep that in mind. Let's move on to the next thing in podcast. And it's time for us to, to tell a little story, and it's it's the little story of the of the champion who could f- fucking play Shadowlands on opening day for five and a half hours it's now like 11 o'clock at night um i I would have played it for seven but i had to do a DD thing in the middle um and like eat food and stuff so yeah i've been i've been playing shadowlands for pretty much all day i think i'm level like 55 um new level cap is 60 so you know, already making swift progress down that down that front. Um, it is so far. I'm enjoying it. Um, so the the way it's kind of broken down is there are six areas in Shadowlands um, that you can explore, but you are um, shepherded from one to the next to the next. Without a lot of freedom to choose in between, um, which I guess is fine, as long as like all four areas are like accessible now, you know, and it's not like up. Oh, it's two months later. Ardenwald is out because, um, you know, there are the there are the there are four new covenants essentially, um, which are the four largest areas of the Shadowlands. Which is uh, Bastion, which is this uh, basically, um, you know, uh, Elysian, beautiful, angelic, blue people with giant feathery wings, paragons of all the positive emotions, the seven holy virtues, you know, all that crap. Um, that's where you you basically start um, once you get out of the Maw, and the Maw is just this swirling pit. It's basically like it's like the fucking Broken Isles or Argus. It's just kind of a shitty hellscape-looking son-of-a-bitch zone. Um, I'll be honest, not too interesting. It looked kind of cool, but you're you're in and out of there so fucking quickly. Like, under an hour, um, you're in and out of the Maw. And the only thing I knew about the Maw going in was, No one ever escapes the Maw. And I guess the Jailer is a, a somewhat interesting character. Um, I'm just struggling with this idea that Sylvanas, um, who was the the kind of was kind of showcased to be like the fucking villain in my head at least of Shadowlands, and now Sylvanas is a puppet for some fucking dude named the Jailer, who has never been mentioned before at least not to my knowledge um maybe vaguely in like some fucking text or whatever but you know they just kind of coming out of nowhere and i'm like i find it i'm struggling to accept that sylvanas would play puppet to anything or anyone really but whatever she's probably got some big dumb plan um and we'll we'll find that out over the course of like this next year of storytelling you know because that's how wow expansions work or whatever it might be two years how long was it ago that battle for azaroth was it two years? I can't remember. It's it's it was a it was a bit. Um, anyway, yeah, you go into the maw and you try to save Jaina and Bane and Thrall and Anduin. Um, but you're the only one that can escape. And you basically go to this place called Oribus, which is like the 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 city that like souls would go to in order to be judged by this thing called the was it the Archon? I can't remember. Some fucking entity um would judge the souls and determine which of the four or five rather um areas of the afterlife you would go off to to like you know spend out eternity uh and then this entity was just fucking taken out probably by the jailer i don't think it told us and uh, all the souls regardless of good or bad ended up in the maw where the jailer is at and so the fucking watchers from Marvel are there and they're like, okay, so you, you gotta go to Bastion and talk to those guys for a reason I don't remember. And so you go off to Bastion and um, you you just kind of start playing WoW at that point. Everything else up until then was pretty kind of like, you go to this place, you go to this place, you go to that place, whatever. And um, in Oribos, you get portals set up to Stormwind. Which finally allows you to like travel back and forth between the old shit and the new shit. Um, one thing I haven't checked yet is if I go back to the old shit, if my Battle for Azeroth stuff kicks back on, or if it's just dead. I don't know, um, and I'm tempted to to kind of test it live, but I'm not going to, because uh, they it, none of that shit works in um in Shadowlands. None of your fancy like. Uh, Heart of Azeroth abilities or any of those fun bonus things that your armor does for you. None of it works in Shadowlands, Um, which to me is like, okay, well, then I'm just going to once I get better armor than like the raw value of the equipment I currently have, then I'll upgrade. Um, And I'm slowly getting better and better pieces. I was at like item level like 107 before I hit Shadowlands and I'm at like 110 now. Um... Replacing my trinkets is kind of what did it for me. And that kind of shot at my item level. And... That's really the... The higher item level is... Generally the... You know... Tankier and stronger. And more damage you'll do. And all that stuff. Um... And Bastion has been... It's been decent. Um... I'm still getting like my sea legs under me. In terms of figuring out kind of where things are. There's been no reason to really go back anywhere. Um the the idea of these angelic people um like purifying their souls so they can judge other souls uh in order to determine like where they go and all that stuff um strangely enough it's a story i've heard before so the i'm not too fond of this area there are definitely pieces of bastion i very much enjoy uh the stewards are these tiny little owl people and um Fairly deep into Bastion, you get the ability to you pick an owl steward uh, that you can summon basically whenever you want, and they can do a couple of things for you that have various fairly lengthy cooldowns, like hour to four hour to one day long cooldowns. Or you can just pop in your little owl friend basically whenever the fuck you want, um, and he'll just sing a little song for you. And um, it was like pick your steward, and there are like dozens of them, just all these little owl guys doing various tasks. And there's like ones forging armor and other ones serving drinks and stuff like that. I picked the one that was fucking sweeping, cause I'm like he. He seems like he could use a he could use a friend. I believe his name is Yapos with the two L's. Everything seems to be like kind of Greek named, um, in Bastion. So his name's Yapos, and um, he's the fucking best. And I challenge you to have your steward fight my steward. You're gonna lose. Um, and then there was this optional side quest. I don't know why it says optional. Fucking like do all the quests so it was a quest that quest line you do where you basically um i don't know what the fucking payoff of this was supposed to be but it was like do you want a cool flying cat or do you want a robot and i'm like cool flying cat always cool flying cat i'd rather have the neat living creature than the the artificial construct every time every time doesn't matter that's where i'm that's where i'm leaning the class abilities, at least for Hunter, aren't particularly interesting. It's this, at least for Bastion, um, you get like this kind of blue circle radius that increases your chance to critically hit something. And I'm just like, yay, that's fun. Um, and out of the four covenants, you got Bastion, which is the angelic guys. You got the the Ardenwald, um, which is like kind of night fae animals and beautiful spirit trees and all that stuff. That one's gonna be my favorite. I can't wait to get there. You got Maldraxxus, which is just kind of like zombies and shit, and then you've got uh, Raven or whatever the fuck it's called, which is like vampires. Um, and I'm I'm mildly interested in all of them. I would say the one that interests me the least is probably Maldraxxus. Um, Raven is third on my list, with Bastion being my second. So, and I I, I will enjoy exploring and doing all the quests and all that stuff um as the game progresses and especially once i get the the freedom to move freely between the zones because right now i feel fairly restricted like don't get me wrong i'm i'm enjoying what i'm doing in bastion but like in battle for azeroth you had a choice really you could you could attack cool tira's However you wanted, you could attack Xandalar however you wanted. You could do the opposite islands however you wanted. You could go to do Drestvar before Storm Surge or whatever. You could you could pick and choose. Um, and in Legion, you could fucking pick and choose. You want to go after High Mountain, you got it. You want to go after Vizuna, you got it. You can you can pick and choose. You had like your hub, and then you would just decide and maybe doing bastion first helps you lock down the hub and then you decide from there you, you get to pick your three um, which is going to be better than nothing i suppose but if it's like once you do bastion then you do this one then you do this one and then you do this one if it's linear the whole time i'm not sure if i will enjoy that as much um but it does give me the sense of like As soon as I'm done with the main quest of Bastion, if that kicks off access to my next zone, I'm not leaving Bastion until I've completed all of the, air quotes, optional side quests, of which I only have, like, two left. So, you know, I want to complete Bastion, air quotes, um, at least to this level that you can complete it at, and I'm probably going to be pretty close to the level cap just with Bastion, if not at the level cap because of all the optional side quests, and the dungeons, um, I did I did one dungeon. I did the like the first one that you unlock at like level 51, um, and that went okay. Uh, it was like four bosses. It was pretty easy. Um, we wiped a couple of times, but that was mostly due to like everybody was new to it, so we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Um, I was the one that figured out that you got to meet hook the guy off the ledge uh, in order for you to actually do damage to him. Um, but yeah, that was fine. I got something from it i think it was just like some fucking gold really i don't think i got any useful items from that but i got a shit ton of experience and that's kind of the point um when you when you do stuff like that so first first like instinct um i feel a little lost like with with battle for azeroth i guess i guess it's because for battle for azeroth um even though like you can say bad things about that all day but when that shit first popped off i understood the i understood what i was doing in battle for azeroth way fucking faster than i did in shadowlands um and i understood what i was doing in legion faster than i do in shadowlands because with both of those like it was still somewhat grounded in things i was aware of um you know like cool Tiris, you got the whole like jaina's backstory and all that stuff and um, they're just pirates, basically. Like, I, I picked up on what they were putting down. I figured that shit out pretty quickly. Shadowlands introduces, to me at least, a whole fucking shit ton of new lore and new locations and new characters and new ideas to the World of Warcraft universe that I was previously not aware of. Not like, wasn't aware of, like, a little bit, or not aware of. I was in, like, I had a cursory knowledge. I had no fucking idea about any of this shit. And so it's completely new. And it's, I mean, it's exciting on one hand because you're like, yay, brand new shit. And wow, I'm having just a ton of fun exploring and there's all these new areas and stuff like that and all that fun stuff. And I look forward to like coming back to these areas in order to like grind mounts and stuff, maybe get cool, unique items, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. And um, I have a feeling once I get to Ardenwald, I'm really going to love exploring that. Because I love the aesthetic of it. And that's kind of really what it's all about. Is that these areas are going to be basically the same. It's just the aesthetic and whatever their story is. Is, is what's going to be different. Because it's like, you're going to go through a bunch of stuff. And then you're going to pick your, your fucking covenant. And then you're going to do your covenant stuff. And then once you're done with that, then it just becomes a matter of like raids and stuff. And then doing the new story missions as they come around. Until, like, a year or two years from now. When we go up against that final raid against the Jailer, presumably. And we, we kick his ass. And they start trying to figure out where the fuck they go from here. That's a tall order. I don't know what you do. If it was me, I'd bring it back down to small scale. Because, um, you know, you've shattered the realms between life and death. I don't know what's bigger than that, quite frankly. Um, so... They will figure something out, but I think if they brought it back down to small scale, like just, I don't know, I don't know what they would do. New zone discovered, new area to explore. I mean, you know, how big is Azeroth? It seems pretty large. There could be a whole other continent on like the other side that nobody ever heard about. I don't know. But right now, first impressions, it's decent. Um, I don't like, I don't know. I don't hate it and I'm very excited to keep playing it the only reason I've stopped playing is because I need to get at least a like the illusion of sleep tonight because I didn't last night I stayed up way too late reading Twilight chapters and let's be honest pretty much gonna be playing this like as soon as I'm done with work um and just kind of keep going um so it's not like I'm gonna stop playing it um yeah it's it's decent I, I will say I, I don't want to kind of sw- I don't know if I can really give an opinion right now since I'm not like done with it um, and I will do it I will play Shadowlands as much as is possible to play right now I will play it so but first impressions are, are um, expectant and hesitant I will say don't know if I like it yet don't know if I recommend it yet says a lot when you're like five hours in and you're like, I still am not quite sure. I haven't really gotten any items I've been really excited about. Um, I've gotten, you know, the steward was fun. That's nifty. I like having like a companion just to bring in. And there have been some quest lines I thought were pretty cool. But like none of the the characters in Bastion really interested me all that much. They remind me of like Pokemon NPCs, uh, which I have like zero fucking connection to they're just kind of window dressing. They're just kind of there like empty shells to service a role, but you don't connect with them as like an as a character. So I don't know. And I I I'm not a big fan of the whole angelic blue giant peer person thing because I've seen it before and I wasn't a fan of it then and I'm not a fan of it now. So Yeah. World of Warcraft. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> oh man. I think that'll do it for this week's episode of the Going Up Cast. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy Shadowlands if you are playing that. Um, I know it is it is now out in the world by the time you guys hear this, in, in every part of the of every part of the globe. So if you're gonna get your hands on that, then awesome possum. Um, stay safe. Numbers are climbing, uh, and I'm just just want everybody to stay alive. And I will talk to you all next time. Have a good one, everyone.